Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Guys, welcome to our show that's for you and about you. Those who work so hard for your money, and you want your money to start working harder for you now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, but right now, to live that life that you love with those you love doing what you love. But most importantly, guys, it's not just about creating freedom for yourself. It's about becoming free so that you can create a bigger impact in the world by creating a ripple effect through the lives of others. And as you're blessed, you have greater ability to bless more lives. Guys, thank you so much for allowing me to create that ripple effect for you. Appreciate you binging and sharing and growing this, which has been amazing. Like, I really appreciate being able to serve you guys. As a reminder, you can always check out our website, moneyripples.com. There's that free ebook. Uh, Beyond Rice and Beans, Seven Secrets of Free Up Cash Today, you can check out for free. So check it out. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double digit returns on it that means 10 percent or better it's also ira friendly and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too so guys if you're if you want to learn more about that go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com that's secured s-e-c-u-r-e-d investmentcorp.com all right guys so i got a special guest here someone that uh, i've had on before but it's been several years and and uh someone that i've known for now well over a decade amazing man heart of gold. And I know you guys are going to love this interview. So I've got on here, Dr. David Phelps. Now, uh, David, if you don't know much about his backstory, we might hear a little bit about that, of course, but he actually owned and, and operated his own private practice in the dental space for 20 plus years. Um, but then of course, big life interruptions happened. Luckily, he had been doing things in the real estate game and, and uh, investing, doing things outside of the traditional norms. As a result, was able to be more free and it's actually financially free himself it's helping many many other people especially in the dental space become free themselves so uh, definitely glad to have him on because i'll tell you you know many of you guys make at least six figures some of you making seven figures a year but the problem is is what are the mistakes what are those as we're going to talk about today what are those inconvenient truths of those that are high income earners you know what are those things that actually could be tripping you up and sabotaging your progress so excited to have david on here today so welcome to our show david Chris, glad to be here. Always. So help me help me fill in the gaps here. Like, tell us a little bit deeper about your story. Well, like probably everybody listening today, I went through the educational process and, you know, kind of picked a, a goal, a, a mountain peak to hit. Um, and that was to, to become a doctor. My dad was a doctor. So I, I deviated a little bit, went into dentistry, but still a doctor, still a profession, still, still a respected profession where one is thought to be able to, you know, earn a good income, right? And yeah, have a yeah. good life and you know, provide for your family, what, which was what everybody wants. So yeah, I did that. Uh, but I also had a lot of curiosity, Chris, early, 
early in my my youth and while i was before i was even out of dental school i was reading books about how to be a better investor just in large i didn't I didn't know how to invest, but I knew I needed to learn how to do that. Uh, and, and so I read books about uh, stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And I also found a few books about real estate. Mm -hmm. Compared and contrast, this is when I was in my 20s and real estate just made sense. I, I like a tangible asset. I do mm -hmm. like a little bit more control. That's just me. And that's yeah. a lot of the people I think you speak about today. We're looking for a little bit more control in our lives, not to do everything by ourselves, but how can we better orchestrate our financial future, right? Which is what you're all about, Chris. Yeah. And so, reading those books, I talked my dad into being my financial joint venture investor in my first rental property in 1980. So what's that? 41 years ago. Yeah, do the math. <laughs> 41 years ago, uh, I was the joint venture partner with my dad. He put up the credit in the, in the capital down payment and I managed. And long story short, um, we split about $50,000 in capital gains profits in 1983, about three and a half years after we bought the property. Now, if you recall back, uh, Chris, um, some of your listeners probably are too young to to uh, to remember uh, 40 years ago, but uh, we had Paul Volcker at the Fed who was trying to knock down the inflation of the 70s and 80s, uh, and right. he did that with high interest rates. So mm -hmm. uh, I remember, I remember because I had to sign, I was a co-signer on the mortgage, 13.5% uh, interest. Yeah, so, that was pretty so we good. Made we made money on a rental property at 13.5% interest. Yeah. People say, how did you do that? You know, today, if I have to go over 3%, you know, I'm not going to do it. Say, well, right. get ready. I think times are going to change. But anyway, that's the story. I'm going to kill the whole show with it. But what it what it taught me, Chris, here's here's the takeaway, is like most of us do, going through school, uh, I, I had jobs. I mean, in the jobs mm -hmm. I did in college and dental school, which I actually I loved, is I waited tables. I, I learned how to wait tables, uh, got into some relatively high end, uh, I don't mean like with tuxedo and, and bow tie, but but mm -hmm. steak, seafood, you know, that kind of restaurant where where the tips were good, were good. Mm -hmm. And back there, and I think I probably averaged about 15 bucks an hour. Uh, that's what they're getting wow. today with minimum, minimum wage, right? So I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was ahead of my time. That was great back then, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great, yeah, that was like worth you know, 40 or 50 uh, yeah. back in the days. And you know, the hours were flexible, but here's what I learned is, yeah, I made good money, flexible hours, you know, kept my 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 school loan debt down by doing that. Uh, but the other thing I learned was the $25,000 that I split with my dad, or the 50 that I split and made the 25,000 capital gain, the number of hours I put into, number one, acquiring, doing some rehab work uh, and managing was about a tenth, a 10% of what I did in waiting tables. And the, the, the gain was about the same. In other words, I made about $25,000 over four years of waiting tables, lots of hours, right? Yeah. And I made the same amount on a lower taxable rate by investing in an asset. So that's where the light bulb went off, Chris, is I thought there's something to this. And mm -hmm. so from there, I, I took it from there and here I am today. I don't know what you want to say about that, but <laughs> <laughs> here I am today. I'm not, I'm not, let me put it this way. I'm not in, in people's mouths anymore. Well, at least not on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So well, give us kind of your experience to I me mean, over the 40 years, right? I mean, because right now we're seeing a trend in the market. I've been asking several guests this question too, because the trend has been the last 12 years, the market's been up in the stock market specifically, right? And so real estate's kind of getting a bad rap with, especially with the younger generation. You've seen the highs, the lows, you've seen high interest rates, you've seen low interest rates, you've seen inflation, you've seen even a little bit of deflation from time to time. What what's your perspective on everything? Just seeing that overall, like, do you think people are being a little bit, I don't know, naive with what's going on right now in the markets, or what's your? Yeah, take? I think there's a lot of I I I just go far, I go past naive, Chris. I I'd, I'd say there's irrational exuberance in the marketplace, and and yeah. I think 
think you would, would, would halt me on those words at all because you've seen it too. Mm -hmm. uh, look, if you've been around long enough, and you know, I do have a, you know, a few gray hairs as you do, uh, which means we've gone through a few business cycles mm -hmm. and we realize this is the way of the world. I think we're going to see more of this kind of volatility going forward, not less uh, in mm. you know, the very reasons I'm talking about, the, the, the Fed's uh, you know, uh, inter, intervention into the markets and all that they've done in this past year, but even before that, back to 2008. And what I would say is that, is that yes, there's an exuberance in the marketplace because people forget People that went through the last Great, great Depression recession in 2008 uh, and somehow survived it or whatever happened to them, but everybody forgets. And when times are good, people tend to forget that, that, that not everything keeps going up forever. It never, never does, never in history. There's going to be a change at some point. And so you can look at you know, asset bubbles, which is what I think we have both in the, the mark, stock market. Uh, we have asset bubble there. We also have an asset bubble in real estate. However, I will condition that by saying in real estate, I have a much higher ability or propensity to be able to control my investments in that asset class versus the market. In other words, mm -hmm. In other words, real estate is, is affected by the market cycles, but I can position my investment into what I would call um, more essential uh, real estate that I believe has stability and, and through the last four decades has gone through uh, the, the market cycles with, with much less of the volatility and with very little change in the actual cash flow dividend, which is really what you ought to look for in your investments, notwithstanding you know some some offsets with tax preferences, which real estate gives us that. Uh, also, the inflation or appreciation factor, which is a hedge against what mm -hmm. we may see in the future. But the cash flow stability of cash flow is what I look for. And again, I've been through a number of cycles where I have witnessed how well that's worked in the right asset class in the right geographic area. I don't know how to do that on Wall Street. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying people can't do it, but mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. But David, like I'm in these dental real estate groups on Facebook and they all tell me real estate's only 3%. You know, it's just not enough to make any money, you know, uh, where the stock market the last 12 years has been 14%. Sure. So isn't that the way to go? Sure. Well, again, it's, it's, it's the exuberance of the market. Um, I, yeah. You know, I tell, yeah, I tell people, sure, when, when people hit some, some home runs and yeah, you could hit some home runs. I mean, look what's going on with cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, you know, that big wave, right. And people are like, you know, watching it go, Oh my gosh, there's never anything like it before. And you better get in. And, and then it takes a dive down and it's like the roller coaster. It's like the real roller coaster. Right. Yeah. Um, so I look, I look for state sustainability. I'm not a, a one hit wonder guy. I want something that through the ages, decade after decade, historically produces good, stable, strong results. I, I'm not a trader, Chris. Um, I just, you know, I just, and that's what we're talking about when people are trying to ride these highs and, you know, catch the wave and that kind of stuff. If you can, if you know how to time it that well and you're that good, more power to you. I don't know how to do that. It's, I never have been able to do that. I agree. Yeah. Amen to that, man. So, so let's get into the topic at hand. Like, let's talk about uh, some of these inconvenient truths of high income earners. Cause I know I talk to a lot of people that will listen to this show sometimes for years, right? And then they'll reach out and they'll say, okay, Chris, here's the deal. Like I make multiple six figure income. I'm asset rich and essentially passive income poor or broke even like where there's nothing coming in. Right. Um, what are some of these inconvenient truths of these high incomers? Like what, what are things that they need to watch out for and need to take action on? Well, I think the first one is just mistaking income for wealth. When you are blessed and have the ability to make a good income because you have climbed the educational ladder, right. And you have a skill set that allows you to do that. Great. I mean, I did that too, and that's wonderful, but income is transactional, meaning yes. you have to show up every day 
every week to, to a great extent uh, to have that income. And so mm -hmm. you said earlier on, on your on your opening, uh, that's not freedom. Money right. by itself is not freedom. It's it's what we want to do with that money. So if we need money to trade for other things we want, which is more times than not, we want time, uh, time, and then we, you know, other adventures in life. But how do you have that if you're the cog in the wheel that has to produce the regular income, even a high income? So we get into this, I think, too, too trapped too easily from the sacrifices that one makes to climb that educational ladder to get to that point. And finally, you get out of school, right? Uh, we've all been yeah. there. Finally, and, and, and if you've been married, you know, your wife's been supporting you. This is typically the way it is. They're supporting you along the way, and you've been eating, you know, rice and beans. <laughs> and, and you get to, you, you cross the stage with your diploma, and, it's, and then, the, you know, everybody comes at you with bank loans and, and credit card offers, and you can lease this car. I mean, it's like, just sign your name. It's the world is yours. And you kind of feel like, yeah, it kind of is. It kind of should be. Well, that's dangerous. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying we all have that feeling. I'm not saying I'm, I'm human too, right? Mm -hmm. But once you get on that ratcheting up that lifestyle, because you can, uh, and because you you do have the credit, and mm -hmm. but then you know what happens, Chris, is people get in that credit cycle. Well, yeah. credit's cheap today. Money's, money's almost free today in a lot of respects. Mm -hmm. So gosh, I could have that bigger house. I could have those really nice cars. Wait, why not a, a lake house? I mean, Nothing wrong with that stuff, Chris, but the problem, you know, as well as I do, is if you let the cart get before the horse and allow your, your lifestyle to ratchet up before you start investing in whatever it is you like, but, you know, I like the tangible assets, investing something that's got a, a tangible value to it that's going to produce equity, net worth, stability, and cash flow. That's what you want to do. So I, I, I was kind of, a, I was kind of hard on my my wife and my, my first marriage. Um, I mean, I love her. I mean, she, great. She was great for my daughter. But, you know, I, I learned early that if you want to have more stuff, you know, and again, nothing wrong with a bigger house or better cars. I'm, I'm all for it. Say, I told her, I said, look, if you will just wait and let me invest in these different rental properties, the properties will pay for that stuff. I'll even take some of the excess rental money that I would relatively rather you know, snowball down the debt or invest in something else. But I said, I'll even take that. If you let me invest in those assets first, then we'll use any excess to finance what it is. If it's, if it's a nicer car or something, yeah. I said, do it that way, get the assets first and then let those pay for it. And, and now you're on a better track. I totally so, agree. So, so that's, so that's the first one, you know, income is not wealth. Wealth is the assets whether it's a business or equipment or real estate or, you know, if, if you like stuff on Wall Street that produces it, you know, more power to you. But that's what you want to have. Uh, that's what wealth is. And that's what eventually provides you freedom. So focus on the assets first, the investments first, uh, before you let the lifestyle ratchet up. That was number one. Um, number two. So specialized training is fragile. <laughs> specialized training is fragile. In other words, again, we're told by society and where we go to school or the industry that um are you getting that noise just a little bit it's not too bad. it's not bad all right i'm sorry there, i had some workers here and if it was bad i, I was going to cut it for you the specialized training is, is is also a trap because we we think that when we go through life uh and that we're able to ratchet up our skill set that that's going to pay a higher dividend and typically it does uh right. but the problem is Where's the adaptability? Because with the speed of change today uh, in society and technology, uh, all industries are changing at light speed way faster than we saw even a decade ago. Or gosh, when I got out of school, yeah. yeah, you could plot along. You didn't have to change much at all. I mean, the stuff you learned last year, two years, three years ago, you could still get by and not much change today. You gotta be on top of it. So the adaptability and flexibility, specialized skill sets, they can 
you know, go 180 on you in just a few years. And if you're not staying abreast and changing all the time, well, that's hard to do, right? It's obsolete. It, yeah. it become obsolete. Um, I know in our industry that, you know, healthcare, it's been turned upside down in the last 10 years. <laughs> and so it's not as quote fun or cool to do that because, you know, our doctors, our friends and colleagues in, in those fields, they're under the thumbprint of compliance, regulation, insurance. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much compressing that. And it's like, but they're kind of trapped, right? It's yeah. the sunk cost fallacy. Well, we put so much time and effort into this to our education and we, we got the practice built up and yeah, I get it. But again, that's, that's a trap. That's a, it's an inconvenient truth to that specialized knowledge. Again, I'm not against it. I'm about having a plan B so that when you need to want to um, exit or transition or take some time off or take some chips off the table, you can, you don't have to ride this horse all the way to the finish lines out there somewhere in your sixties right. or whenever you thought you were going to quote retire. Um, it's, it's a, it's a bad model and it didn't really work in the past, but today, Chris, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. work at all. It's, it's, it's not an end that, that people really want, but so many people feel hopeless today because they don't have a different plan. They haven't been shown a different plan. They don't yeah. see a different plan, right? There are different plans. And that's why, that's why you and I connected 10 years ago, because we were, well, we were with people that were doing a different plan on life in general. I mean, overall, right. different plan, different mindset. We're not going to accept what the majority or society says is, is the truth. Um, mm -hmm. There is a better way to do it, but you've got to find people that are already living that life, uh, plug into them uh, because they will help carry you. They'll, they'll change your thinking, which is the first way to change your behavior. You know, just getting more information about anything, Chris, is not enough. You've got to be able to take that information and make it actionable. Well, how you do? How do you do that? Especially if you haven't seen it actually put into action. Right. Well, you know, I got this great idea. Somebody wrote a book, or I heard a podcast, but you know, that's not enough. I mean, I got to see it, right? So yep. that's why I like to hang around with people like you. That's why we met a decade or so ago because we were on the same path. We're yep. different people, and I, I think in a pretty good way. So I'll leave it I agree. That. Yeah. Where's some of those other inconvenient truths? Uh, I would say, uh, well, you, 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 you said that you're the um, anti-traditional financial advisor. So I, I'm with you there. Um, so, so I say dependence on the traditional accumulation model of retirement oh, planning. Yeah. I mean, you, you know what it is, uh, but yep. it's, it's, it's what I speak about against also. Uh, and I was never in that game. It's just like you, I have so many discussions with hardworking professionals, business owners who have been trapped by the, well, uh, my, Mr. and Mrs. CPA, I'm paying too much taxes. Oh, got the answer for you. We'll fire up a 401k. And if you max mm -hmm. that out, then we'll do a defined benefit plan and we'll do a cash balance plan. Mm -hmm. We'll save you taxes today and into tax deferral programs. Well, it sounds great. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? My gosh, biggest problem. Well, two problems. One, that tax savings usually goes to what, Chris? Does it go to more assets or for investment or does it go, does it go to lifestyle? Well, usually lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because so so you got more money left, or you didn't have to send us Uncle Sam. So great. So what do we do? We're we're I feel more, I feel more rich. I feel rich, right. richer. Um, secondly, um, the taxes on the back end mm -hmm. um, are most like more than likely going to be higher in the future, not lower. Now, again, yeah. I'm not against tax deferral. In, there's different ways to do that. Real estate, you can do that. You can, but but I just think you have to have some balance there. So the traditional accumulation model, which is just a a, a game that financial advisors have to give to people, just stack it up, stack it up, stack it up. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that, you know, you can quote retire out at a certain age, but you know, the algorithms, algorithms and models they use, I mean, how good can they be? Cause yeah. nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't know yep. what the inflation factor is going to be. We don't know what taxes will be. I just think they're all going to be higher. So, <laughs> so and even if they I aren't say, inflation alone, will make it higher, you know, exactly. even if the taxes stay the same. 
Exactly. And so I say the model you should use is focus on the cash flow, mm -hmm. right? The cash flow. Right. What are the assets that you've invested in that provide you the cash flow? Then I, then I can back into how much of those assets I need based on what I know the run rate is of those, which is pre mm -hmm. pretty predictable on a conservative basis. I know what that number is. I don't need the typical financial advisor who tells our high income earners you need six, eight, $10 million to quote retire. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, is that possible? Yeah. Is it probable? Probably not for most not people. Likely. I mean, that's unless, unless you've got something else going on. I mean, that's that's a grind. And, mm -hmm. and guess what you're going to give up to get to that six or eight million dollars? The grind, you're going to give up a lot of time that you should have been, could have been spending with your family only because you didn't know you didn't have a different plan, a viable plan that could get you to where you want to be with different metrics. Yeah, exactly. So that's um, four ties a little bit into the last one. It's don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing is, is don't just make investments or, or create entities or structures just for the tax, tax purposes or the tax deferral. Um, there's a lot of gamesmanship out there by people who, whether the licensed professionals or not, you don't have to be to create stack tax strategies, or sometimes I will call them more schemes um, mm -hmm. that, that people can buy into that will, uh, on the surface, you know, they're going to you know, save you taxes again. Um, you got to be careful about those. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think the IRS will, I've, I've heard that uh, Biden's going to ramp up uh, more funding for the, for the IRS. Look, the country needs more money. Where are they going to come get it? They always go after the low hanging, hanging fruit. So right. if you're going to go into these gray areas, and I just call them gray because I won't, I won't define whether they're good or bad, but whether they work or not is not based on the tax code and the interpretation. You know what's based on, Chris? It's based on the interpretation of the auditor you're sitting in front of that exactly. particular day you got audited. That's where it comes down. Now, you can decide mm -hmm. to fight on principle and your people who set up these tax schemes, um, they have no liability. Yep. I mean, promise you, uh, when they, when they can consult, when you consult with them and they say, Hey, we can save you money by doing a conservation easement, or we can do a, a tax deferred sales trust or a monetized installment sale. Cause we've right. we've researched the code and we've got our attorneys on it blah, blah, blah. Get them to sign off and say that they'll cover you on audit. Now, yep. if they'll do that and back it up with real assets, have at it, but they won't. It's so, like when I get questions about captive insurance, but I've yet to see anybody who actually thought captive insurance worked well long term. You know, like it's it's it, it sounds it, sexy. It's, and it's, it sells. All the stuff sounds sexy, and, and who yep. doesn't yep. want to save on taxes? And and yep. and, and 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 again, um, well mean well yeah, they're well meaning, but it, look, it's a business. It's a business mm -hmm. where people set these up. There's hefty front upfront fees, uh, and there's really no risk to them because you again you sign off that you're a big boy or girl, and you, there's no guarantees, and that's what you got to live with. So. Don't let the tax tail wag the dog was four. Um, number five is, is no grasp of financial metrics. So none of my, my colleagues that went to school um, had time to take courses uh, in finance or economics. Um, and even if we did, it wouldn't have been the right classes anyway, Chris. You know, I don't know that. <laughs> so probably didn't lose anything there. But the problem is, again, specialized training, some skill set. Uh, you get out in the real world, and the real world is a different animal. If you don't understand business, financial metrics, how to make, as you said on the opening, how do you make your money really work for you? Yeah. Well, most people, most people just focus on how they can make more money. Well, that's working harder, grinding it out, being more efficient, better skills. Nothing wrong with that, except there's no, there's not a means to an end. It's, yeah. it's, it's how do you get your hard-earned money working as hard for you as you did for it? So you've got, so getting financial acumen, too many people are told by Wall Street, it's too complicated. Um, just give your money to us. We'll take care of it for you. 
I think it's a bad model. You can learn enough. You don't have to have an MBA or uh, higher degrees in finance or economics. I don't, and I'm no, mm -hmm. no genius, but, but I learned th through other people who I saw had good cognitive, cognitive um, abilities and, and frameworks that I could plug into. And real estate was one of the big ones. I mean, just, yeah. it just made so much sense. And again, you don't have to be a, a have all these degrees to figure this out. Just plug into people that already have figured out, follow them, follow the people who have done it, done it for other people. That's, that's the key to being your own financial advocate and, and working with other people that, that have been there. Love it. Two more. Um, number six, the belief that time is always on our side. <laughs> well, when we're young, it seems like, yeah, when we're young in our 20s or 30s, we just always want to be older, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I was, um, but, but there's always this thinking that, well, you know, I, I got my family going and I got my business going now and uh, I need to live life a little bit. And, you know, when I get my 40s, yeah, then I'll start, you know, planning for the future and all this. Like, again, back to the basics, it, you know, the, the compound effect of the habits that we start when we're younger, mm -hmm. whether it's finance or health business models, if those habits will compound over time. So the longer you wait to start building momentum uh, in your asset class, the, the harder it is to get to that point where you have freedom. So again, yeah. I would say, even if you start with something small, when you're just starting out, you don't have to go put some big investment together or have $100,000 to put in something. No, you can start small. It's just the habit. And once you get it going, and once you see how money works, which is what you teach all the time. Once you see how it works, it becomes addictive and it's a good addiction. Yeah. It's a good addiction to have. And you get your, your spouse on board. And when you show, show him or her that there's something in it for them, which is mm -hmm. very important, right? In life, you can't all be about you. My, my, my propensity is I'm a very long range planner. Um, mm -hmm. I don't need a lot to, to make me happy, Chris. And I think you're the same way. I just don't need a mm -hmm. lot of stuff to make me happy. I get joy right. out of, out of what I get to do with the people I can spend time with. Um, but I'm very, very distant focused. And my wife happens to be more, more current focused. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's good. That's good because she evens me out. So I learned to say, yeah, right. You have to, you, yeah. have, you have to enjoy both sides of it. So I give her the security of, yeah, she knows I've got our, our back the long term, but I also know she pulls me back into the present because sometimes I can push out too far. So the mm -hmm. balance there, but the time compounding of whatever you start today, whatever your construct is, start it early and add to it as you go. That compound effect, the snowball effect in a mm -hmm. positive way. Uh, it's amazing, Kristen. You've seen it. You've done it. Um, early on, it doesn't seem like you're getting getting very far. It takes a little time, but boy, yeah. once you got that program working right, boom. Uh, and it's amazing how fast it grows. So you just get a little mm -hmm. bit of patience, a little bit of discipline on the front end and watch it go. So work with good people who can help you do that. My last one is tactical versus strategic, um, no focus, incongruent investments, which means people get hooked on the bright, shiny object of the day, right? Because mm -hmm. they, they get on Facebook. They hear on Facebook, oh my gosh, so-and-so, oh, they just did this cool investment. Uh, I, need their, I, I, I see a lot of the dentists in, on Facebook, um, bless their hearts. Um, there, there was one, one group that uh, was supposed to be an investment group. And they're all traders. It's <laughs> uh -huh. like, well, just change the name. You know, change the name, yep. right? Uh, it's it's like they, it's just you know, it's just the again naivety. Um, mm -hmm. I love the fact that you know they 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 want to look at finances, but I think they're just missing some frameworks. And if they just had a little bit of help and guidance, they could take all that energy 
and focus it on some things that actually had some momentum. If you still want to play ball and and, 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 and gamble a little bit with a certain amount of money, I got no problem with that, Chris. You probably don't either, but right. know what it is. But if you put yeah. all your eggs in this thing about where I'm going to, I'm going to hit the big one, I'm going to hit the big one, <laughs> that's very unlikely to happen. And usually if you hit a big one, how sustainable was that? Well, it's not, you're not going to hit another big one. And usually what's going to happen is it, it's, that's going to be taken down at some point. It's going to mm-hmm. topple because you didn't really understand the fundamentals of how wealth is made it's not made by hitting a home run and something because you kind of got lucky or you hit the market mm-hmm. in stride a lot of people today chris in in all markets uh, of investments that are advisors they or their deal sponsors a lot of them uh, are it's not because they're that good i'm just gonna say it it's because they hit the market on a bull run you just you said yeah. it earlier this big bull run um how, how good are they in a downturn market? That's what you want to know, right? How, yeah. how What's their track record over that period of time, not just in the last five or six or seven years, which most people probably have done pretty well. And they can look at their track record. Oh, look what I've done in the last seven mm-hmm. or eight years while well, it's, it's all been good. Well, yeah, but you kind of have to be an idiot not to have done, you know, halfway decently in the last <laughs> few years, right? So those are my, those are my seven that, that kind of come to mind when uh, I look back and, you know, my life, what I've learned, Chris, but also like you, I, I have the blessing and privilege to work with a lot of uh, really hardworking, very, very solid people that I, I love. Um, and I and, and you know the 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 feeling that you get to have when you get to sow some of your experience and wisdom and the mistakes that mm-hmm. one has made and sows back into people that can help them on their their pathway forward. There's nothing better. And so sharing these stories uh, with with you is always fun for me to do. I, I love it, man. Some power-packed wise counsel there for sure. Like, I, seriously, anybody who's listening right now needs to listen to this at least two or three times just to let this sink in because there's so much wisdom here that if you get grasp this and apply it, uh, it's hard to not succeed with this kind of counsel. So, David, I appreciate it. This is good, good stuff that everybody, everybody needs to hear and master. So now you've got a book. Uh, that's come out recently. And, and I know this is a big one because a lot of people focus so hard trying to hit that financial goal, but then they get there like, well, now what? Right. And you've got a book that talks about that and even addressing that ahead of time. Right. So I've written a few books, Chris, but this book um, it, it's called what's your next. Yeah. It's the blueprint for creating your freedom lifestyle. And it's, it's certainly got financial frameworks in it. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. books I've done in the past have you know, been more focused on real estate and that's all fine and good uh, because that's yeah. a, a model that we both understand and like. But I wanted to write a book that would speak to really a diverse um, generational group. So young people uh, mm-hmm. who are just getting started in life, uh, mid-career and, and enders. Because as you said, uh, people need to know, you know really what's next. I don't believe at all in the world that we live in today that anybody should feel like they get into one career path or just one business that's going to stay the same because it's not, it's not. I mean, if you, you're, you're crazy, if you think it's going to, so it doesn't mean this book is only for people who are ready to like sell and quote retire. Right. Um, it, it definitely can speak to them. And that is a problem for some people because they've worn one hat all these years and they finally got the financial independence and they're ready to let go. And then they self-sabotage that because they're like worried about, because they don't know who they are. So we've, we've talked yep. to those people, but also for younger people who, who are, who are younger uh, and just realizing the opportunity to evolve and iterate, uh, just even, sometimes even slightly your business or career path. It's okay to do that. In fact, I think you should look at doing that. Don't think you're gonna get into one thing that's gonna stay the same. Cause as I said mm-hmm. earlier, the world is changing too fast to, to think you're gonna do that. You've got to be able to be willing to, to allow change to guide you to where yeah. your next is. And so 
anyway, I got a lot of great feedback from the book from uh, not just the the, the breadwinners of, of families, but also the spouses um, said it it's said it sewed a lot into them. So if you're listening today and you love what Chris talks about, you love what I talk about, but you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get my my spouse on board? Because I'd love to have this kind of life, this freedom too, and we just don't have a way to connect and converse. I think if you read this book it might help you have those conversations to get on board because the big thing in life is you got to do it. If you're assuming you're married, you have a significant other, you got to do this together, right? Chris, That's you can't, right. if you're trying to pull it yourself, it's not going to work. So how do you have these conversations to tie it together? It's about you know giving each person what's in it for me. And some of that's got to be togetherness, but some of it's got to be individual too. Um, that's right. So anyway, I could go on and on about this. It's always fun to talk to you, Chris. <laughs> always. No, it's good stuff. Everybody go find that book. Where's the best place they can find it? They just go to your website. Easy or they go places, Amazon? Well, easy places is Amazon. I just Amazon. say go to Amazon. Well, yeah. What's your next? Yep. Yeah. And if, if if you if you pick up the book, I I did the Audible for it too. So if you want to listen to it, you know you get to listen to my voice. If you don't like my voice, then don't get, don't get the Audible. <laughs> uh, but I but I but I did the Audible. It's gets Kindle as well. But if you if you pick it up, what I'd love to do is get feedback, and the best place to get feedback is on Amazon. Um, give it a review and just say, you know, what 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 did the book say to you? What what yeah. motivation did it give you if you pick up the book? So I appreciate you letting me uh, mention that, Chris. Absolutely. And you've got a podcast too that I know people can follow as well, right? Yep. The Dentist Freedom Blueprint Podcast. You don't have to be a dentist. Um, <laughs> we'll make you an honorary dentist. No, there it's, you go. it's not clinical at all. Uh, it is about freedom. And um, But I think what whatever your, your line of work or business is, um, we all have the same issues, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. I mean, every every business owner, entrepreneur has the same issues. I just speak to dentists because that's where I came from. But um, yeah. yeah, if you want to plug in there, um, certainly glad to have, have some some new listeners. Awesome. Well, let's we'll put that in the show notes as well. So again, David, I really appreciate your time. Like again, such wise sage counsel that everybody needs. Really appreciate it. Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You bet. So everybody go check out the show notes, or if you're driving, don't check out the show notes, look at it later, <clears throat> but look up David Phelps, look up what's your next as well as his podcast. But uh, again, guys, it's one thing to be a hearer of the word. It's another to be a doer as well. When you become the doer and you actually apply this, that's when the real results change. It's not just philosophical. It's about real life. So guys, go and make a wonderful and prosperous week. And we'll see you later. Hey! Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.